Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good to see our guys go out there and compete tonight. I thought, you know, they... Um, in all three areas, you know, put out put out a good effort. Certainly, there's things that we could do better and, and uh, clean up. But um, uh, thought there was progress. You know, we had a we had a good week here, a couple of good practice days against Carolina, and, and then uh, you know some of the guys that didn't get as much reps, get as many reps in practice, got more reps. Um, you know, tonight. So I think we had a good, you know, pretty good look at everybody. Look at the film here, and you know, see how things went. But um, you know, another step in the in the process and uh, we'll just keep keep grinding out here uh, look forward to the week um, in Vegas we're going to work with the Raiders and, and uh, Josh and the coaching staff out there so it's another opportunity for us to you know, continue to, to build and, and evaluate our, our team so um, you know, feel like we had a good week here you know, ready for another Thank you for starting your Sunday morning with KJ and Don Darrow here on WEEI that's Bill Belichick after the Panthers win 2010 Sounding in pretty good spirits considering a lot of the noise about where the offense is going. Mark, good morning to you, and good to be back with you, man, after a week absence. KJ, good to have you back. How are you, man? I'm doing pretty well, and uh, I I don't feel as bad about the Patriots' offense as I did going into Friday's game. I, I feel a little bit better from what I saw. You? No. No, Uh-oh. I don't feel better. I don't feel <laughs> like I don't feel like they're going to be a train wreck. You know, I'm not overly pessimistic about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but my big reservation, I'll open the show with this, okay, because this is what I've been saying, this is what I've been thinking. My primary reservation, especially when you think about the offense, is I just fear that they aren't doing enough to get themselves ready to compete at the level that they're going to have to compete at, especially early in the season. Like, I don't think they've had enough or done enough in the preseason, and part of it is the NFL's fault, you know, just with some of the, you know, only having three preseason games now and whatever. Well, you could have played, you could have played more in the first game. I just saying. think, I just think they weren't played in the first game because things were so atrocious in practice. And what would the echo chamber have been if after that first game, even what you saw in that very first series in the in Friday's game with Mac Jones, which was absolutely atrocious, if you saw that in the first game. That's still what would have been hung on to, but it would have at least you would have had a second game to at least remedy that or show that it's still going on. We have talked about my um, trepidation 
with the whole narrative out there that, oh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, they use the first four games that month of September, whatever, as the extension of the preseason. We've talked about that. Right. They can't do that this year. The There's importance no of the first four games, yes. That's when you had Tom Brady. That's when you had this established core. That's when you had all those things that you don't have now. Okay. Right. Now you have a quarterback albeit a very promising one in his second year who is dealing with new head co- or new uh, assistant coaches a new offensive coordinator that they're still trying to sort out there he's dealing with you know elevated expectations he's dealing with a division and a conference that is more powerful than it ever was arguably with Tom Brady here or aside from maybe the first couple of years that he was the starter and you're dealing with a situation that is completely unrelated to when you had Brady and when you had those great teams, especially in this past decade with Gronk, with Edelman, with Amendola, with an established core that was a top. What you know, they was a top the league essentially in their respective field. You know, Brady, one of the best quarterbacks, some of the best receivers in terms of their specific roles in the league. So you can't do what you did then. What they're doing now... Well, let, let me say in fairness to Mac Jones is that no one is going to be the greatest of all time, especially when the greatest of all time is still playing, right? So I, there's going to be this area of adjustment. My my frustration was, if you know that this is what's going to be going on, you need to do it early. It's like the student in school who just, you know, like, look, you really need to do your homework as soon as you get home. If an hour goes by, you're going to forget everything you learned during the course of the day. And that's, I feel like that should have been the approach. So this whole what if and who is and we're trying out some different things and this process and everything, this kind of goes to what you're saying. There's really not enough time because there's not enough talent that will get you past saying, okay, well, we. it's not like, you know, with Vegas where it's like, okay, you know that one receiver is Devontae Adams and you know your quarterback's Derek Carr. You you might be pretty good to start off the sleeve season, even if you start two and two. You feel like you could turn things around. With this team, you feel like it has to be hitting on every single cylinder before they step on that field in Miami in week one. And there's where I don't feel comfortable with the team just yet after Friday's game. No, I mean, I don't know how you can feel good about the offense right now. I'm not saying they're not going to morph into something that we like. But right now, there's just too many pieces that are out of place. They have not organized themselves enough. And that's why I questioned not having some of those starters play in that first preseason game. There's too many Things that are new, too many people that are trying to develop, a la Mac Jones, and I just don't think they're going to be able to do it enough or do it in time for the regular season opener. It's as simple as that. If you had Brady and Edelman and Gronk in their primes, like I said, and it was Amendola and it was this established core that's been together, that's had success, you knew what you were going to get, well, then the limited preseason action is fine. I'm good right. with it. I root for that. That's that's what you want. This team, I feel like this team would have been better off with the old format of the NFL preseason. Four games where in the first game, you play a little bit. Maybe you play a series or two if you're one of the starters. But, then you're, in the not second gonna, game, but, but you're not going to change the macro, right? Right? Like, if you know that, hey, it used to be four games and it's not four games anymore, that's the situation for everybody. So that goes to they should have been playing Mac Jones and the first-team offense together in that first game. And and I think because of the uncertainty of what was going on in practice with the play calling, the offense having leaks and so forth, look, that's what the preseason game is for. I, I don't know why you're trying to potentially hide some of the sins that were going on a week and a half ago when you know that you don't have that flexibility of four games. 617-779-7937, text line 37937, KJ and Dundero. Here's Mac Jones on the early Rocky start in Friday's game. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, 
a little bit of a rocky start, but that's kind of how it goes when you haven't played for a little bit, and you just got to continue to play. And um, you know, the guys on our team, we came together, kind of operated, didn't freak out or anything, just carry on and get our mojo back and keep everything going forward. So um, it was a good drive, and you know, the game is 60 minutes, and right now. A lot of the younger guys are getting a chance to play, which is great. So we understand how long a 60-minute game is, and I think that was a good learning lesson of, all right, let's keep playing here. And, you know, when we get into the season, um, we'll have a lot of chances to play those games out and continue to grow, whether it was a good first drive or not. You know, when he says a lot of the other guys, this is not a talented team where a lot of the other guys are going to be a factor, right? It's... Who are the primary guys? You need to find this out now, and you need to work them out in the gym like five days a week. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at some of these other teams and some of these other established cores that are out there playing and making plays. I just didn't think the Patriots looked anywhere near offensively regular season ready. And I don't know how they're going to get to that point without playing in football games. That It comes down to that. And if they do start slow this year... You know, Mac Jones just kind of alluded to it in that clip. If they start slow this year, it's going to be really hard for them to pick it up yeah. fast enough to stay in it. You know what I mean? And then I do expect the – I don't think that the offense is a, is in a bad spot. Like, I think they could get there. But if you want to have a season where you're contending for playoff spots and stuff like that, you've got to get there early and often. Like, you cannot start slow. I just – I think the conference is too deep to do that this year. Well, yeah, just because, you, look, Matt Ryan and uh, and uh, Russell Wilson are now in the conference, right? So you're literally talking about two more quarterbacks that are going to push the, 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 the kind of the stack of who's a playoff team, who isn't. And the team starting, the Patriots starting two and two last year, you figure like, okay, those were growing pains last year. Rookie quarterback, you suddenly went away from the veteran who you don't believe was going to get you to where you needed to in, in, in Cam Newton last year, and all that was understandable. But will it be as understandable if this team starts two and two, one and three, and you're and you're still having these growing pains at like the thirty thousand foot level with the coordinators and play calling and so forth, and knowing that you haven't really done anything with the talent base? I mean, will it be a problem? I yeah. I, I, they, like, yeah, like if the team right. starts two and two this year, would it seem worse than when they started two and two last year, or will you feel, or will you call it the same? I think it would be worse. It would be worse, and I think, the, like when Brady was here and they had those teams that they used to have, if they had a bad game, if they had a bad start, you knew that they could turn it on immediately, you know, and they could look like the Super Bowl contender that we thought they were going to be. Right. This team is not going to be that. This team is gonna. It's gonna. If they get to a point where we're optimistic about their postseason chances or whatever you want to say. They can make a run. They're that type of team. It's going to be a slow process. And Bill Belichick keeps using the word process. I just think it's going to be a slow grind to get there. And I don't see them just flipping a switch and going from, you know, what we saw – in you know, in 2014, what we saw in Kansas City to what we saw that next week against Cincinnati, we're on to Cincinnati where they looked really good. They might look good in a game, but then they'll come back down. That that Patriots team looked good in a game and went on a run through the latter half of the schedule that resulted in a deep postseason run. That this team, this core doesn't have that in them. Like yeah. that was a different world. They need to build up to something like that, and it starts with having good regular season games against tough opponents, which they have this year. And going back to what we're talking about, I just don't see them having enough time in this preseason to get to the point where they're going to be able to have that success that we want them to have in Miami in Week 1. 
I'm going to leave the door open a crack because we don't know until we can see it. But if we don't see good play in week one, I'm not going to be optimistic that, oh, by week two they'll figure it out. Like, yeah, I don't think like, so either. It's going to be a long way, like a long process to figure it out. And I a think molasses. It'd be like a, it'd be like trying to get out of molasses, right? Yes, you don't. Yes. You, you feel like okay, if they if they can't recover the first two games, the recovery game may be Detroit, and you don't know much how much juice Detroit may feel like they have. Like, hey, this is a game we feel like if we go on the road, it would be somewhat of an upset in the storyline of the Patriots if they can't get the wheels moving, right? Because you're talking about. Uh, Miami at Miami at Pittsburgh, then then uh, the uh, Ravens at home. Yeah, and you're talking about now an AFC North favorite team, and then on the road at Green Bay. That's why I say you know zero and four. It, it can be very realistic. It doesn't feel comfortable, but if you gave them a grade, if you gave the team a grade, I think the defense was 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 on point. I think they were where they needed to be Friday night. But what grade would you give the offense from Friday night? C. Really? Yeah. I mean, what I would. Give- I wasn't that impressed. What impressed you? I think the resolve in that second, third drive when they were able to move the ball downfield, because what I do understand and I see going on is I think there's going to be a determination of not to have Max sit and hold the ball as long as possible. I think the dependency is going to be get the balls to the receivers quick and go for the yards after catch. I, I, I don't think that's such a bad move in terms of if you don't want to find yourself with a lot of sacks, potential turnovers, uh, injury to Mac Jones is is getting the ball out quick and letting the receivers do the work. So it seems like they're trying to figure out some of that. So for innovation is probably why I go from a C to a B. Like if if you're talking about just everything that we've seen in the past, I would say it's really no different. Just with you know not as good players, but I give it a B because I do see an attempt of where where the offense is trying to do something innovative within its own structure. To say that, hey, are these receivers really designed to beat you deep and make you worry and sleep at night? No. But can they potentially beat you on a one-on-one situation, five, seven yards from a line from from the line of scrimmage? Anything can happen, right? It's a 50-50 chance. Whatever. I so, mean, yeah, I mean, but I'm just look, I try to be honest. I'm not going to be like that person just like, well, because I've been down on this team and I think they may only win five wins. That did I not see some type of B work? I'm not saying it was like uh, an 85 or 86 B, maybe like an 80, 81, which is on the other side of like a C plus. So C plus B. Yeah, listen, you're playing against the twos and threes of Carolina. Yeah. Mac Jones looked awful in his first two series. They did pick it up in that third series. They were two for 12 on third down. They were 0 for 1 on fourth down. Wait a minute. Like, Just in fairness a little bit, because the Panthers are going to be so bad, is there really a difference between their twos and their threes and their ones at this point? Right? Like... Yeah, that's what's funny when yeah, you say there is. Team, like, I would think there is. Like no, those are no, NFL because starters if, opposed if, to guys. If that you're projected to win five, six games, there's really no big difference between your twos and your ones because your ones aren't going to get it done, and your twos are probably just below your ones. Right? You're really cutting people off of the team that you say, "Wow, I don't know if they can get us another win." So, like, I, I understand playing against the twos and the threes, and that's part of the narrative. But if you're talking about the twos and the threes against, let's say, the Cowboys defense or something like that, where you know they have a top-notch pass rusher that's not in there, then you're like, okay, yeah, they're playing against the twos and threes. They're not seeing their best. But we're not talking about a Carolina Panthers team 
that has any word best associated with it. So if we're going to be arguing about whether or not the twos and the threes of the pant of the Panthers are, are that much different than the ones, and that's going to make you feel better about how the Patriots play. No, I'm just saying God that's the difference you. between I, a C plus and a B, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, I, I know we're I mean, I, 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 if that whatever makes you helps you sleep at night, fine. That, that's not it at all. I'm just saying I'm going to try and give an honest perspective of what I see, and I thought I saw low B work, right? Okay, fine. I, I know I didn't see A work, but it wasn't B plus work. It wasn't D work, you know. It wasn't C because they did get the ball on in in the end zone on a drive on a consistent drive. There was a long pass. Aguilar shows up for the deep catch. I can't just ignore those things and be like, ah, it was C work. See, I, I got to give him credit where it's due. Fine, you can do that. I'm just saying, and this is a good example. That game, you know how they progressed in that game is a good example. It just with with the team the way it used to be constructed with Brady and all that. They could have a bad game, a bad week one in Miami, 2014. But that's Brady. No, I know. But I'm just, I'm just giving you some context. That team could do that. This team, if they have a bad week one, if they have a bad week two, you're not going to just figure it out in one week and poof, ah, we got it. Now we're rocking and rolling. It will be a slow build to what you want to be. And if you don't start that build properly early enough, a la the preseason, it's going to bleed into the regular season, and that's going to affect wins and losses. That's my concern and fear, especially with this team offensively. KJ and Don Darrow, WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 3793.7. Get in on the conversation. What did you think of the Panthers-Patriots preseason game? How did the Patriots perform? Uh, we'll talk about Tyquan Thornton and the injury. There's an update What's going on with Kendrick Bourne? We're talking Patriots here, but right now it's time to trend with Ethan. Merloni, Fourier, and Mego. Weekdays, 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right, trending now at WEEI and WEEI.com. The Red Sox beating the Orioles 4-3 to three last night. Christian Arroyo carried the bats with three hits and an RBI. Alex Verdugo had a pair of hits and an RBI himself. And then Enrique Hernandez smacked a nice home run in the sixth that drove in a pair of runs as well. And again, the Sox end up winning that one 4-3. to three. The Sox are going to be wrapping up their three-game series with the Orioles tonight with first pitch set for 7 p.m. You can catch the pregame show with Rob Bradford tonight at 6 p.m. right here on the Shaws and Star Market at WEI Red Sox Network. That game's in Williamsport, right? Pennsylvania. Uh, I believe so, yes. Exactly. That, actually, that game was played Friday night. I mean, did you, did you see Friday night where the, you literally had a wild pitch bounce off the, the backstop and like come back to the catcher and get thrown out of second? That's all Little League right there. <laughs> uh, in Patriots news, and I'm sure we'll get into this pretty soon here, dropping yesterday, rookie wide receiver Tyquan Thornton, who's been looking pretty solid so far in the preseason, is set to miss anywhere from six to eight weeks with an apparent collarbone injury. It sounds like they're hoping he's not going to have to do surgery, so that's where the six to eight-week timeline is coming from. Uh, with the Kendrick Bourne trade rumors flying around, Pats might have to uh, consider keeping Bourne now, uh, at least on the roster, until the trade deadline, until we get Thornton back. Revolution lost last night 4-0 to CF Montreal. They fall now to 8-10-8 on the season and have their next match set for August 28th versus the LA Galaxy. And then finally, in the main event of UFC 278, with a massive head kick in the fifth round, Leon Edwards shocking the UFC world with a TKO of Kamaru Usman to become the UFC welterweight champion. I don't know if you guys saw the reactions 
to that, but uh, it seems. I like know it probably went. I know, oh, no one really oh, that's saw Joe that Rogan coming. right there. No, uh, Joe Rogan's uh, Joe Rogan's reaction was a little bit ridiculous, which is the one that I saw specifically on ESPN. Uh, but that is what's trending. I am Ethan Christodoulou. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Last week, you described the uh, process of um, finding an offensive play caller. You said you were in the middle of a process. Uh, it looked like Matt Patricia was calling on the play tonight. Would you describe that process as for selecting someone complete at this point? No, it's still a process. <laughs> KJ and Don Darrow, WEEI, thank you for starting your Sunday morning with us. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. And, of course, you can listen on the Odyssey app. It's free. Just type in WEEI. You're here. It's a process, Mark. You know, it looks like it's Matt Patricia, pencil in mouth, Ticonderoga, SAT prep, wearing ready, is going to be the guy calling the plays. And, and and I'll say this real quick because I want to stay on the positive side for a second is if Matt Patricia over the last year has been studying offense, was kind of Josh McDaniels understudy, learned some things from him, was able to observe what Mac Jones' weaknesses are from a defensive perspective, then I can start to kind of learn to live with Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator. I can kind of a little bit because I gave them a B Friday night. You? Well, as I've said, the whole who's calling the place thing has not been a sore subject of mine. I haven't really. If it um, was Joe Judge, would you feel better? Not necessarily. Okay, then. No, I, I mean, I, <laughs> again, I think Bill Belichick, if this goes wrong, if this goes badly, I blame Bill Belichick 100%. This is all on Bill Belichick. I mean, I don't think we've had this conversation a million times. I don't think he's doing necessarily what's best for the Patriots. I think he's doing what's best for Bill. Um, 
It is what it is. I don't think, though, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, I don't think that's going to make or break the season for the Patriots. We'll see. You know, we'll see how they look. We'll see how Mac Jones looks. I think if Jones can play and you've got Bill Belichick as his head coach, I think they're going to find a way to be productive, assuming Jones is the quarterback we think he is. I don't think Matt Patricia or Joe Judge calling the plays is going to turn the tables or change the game that much. Okay? Well, well, here's the thing with that, and here's why it might be a smart play by Belichick as things are starting to develop. Let's say Belichick brought in somebody new, and it's going bad. Now Belichick has to protect this new guy, and then there would be the conversation about, like, hey, for so long you kept it in-house, you did things yourself, and now when you bring in somebody new, it's not necessarily working out. Is there kind of like this struggle for what's new and what's, you know, what's the, what's the come and what is? But if you have Joe Judge and Matt Patricia kind of going back and forth at it and it doesn't work, you can go recapture that and take all the heavy and protect Patricia and Judge. So I get that. And you probably know if you're if and, and along this line of saying you're not doing everything specifically best for the team. Maybe, you know, the team isn't going to be specifically good this year and you might have to be the heavy for everybody in Bill Belichick. So I kind of can see that a little bit. I just, there's some things about Bill Belichick that I just don't understand. And overall, you know, obviously he's been a master at handling the media and keeping things in-house and keeping distractions out of the locker room. All those things are important, and I think it's a part of his greatness. But I don't know. In this situation, I think he just would have almost been better off being straight up and just saying and owning it. You know, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are in to help us with our offense. They are in a competition to become the offensive coordinator for this team. And once one of them wins that competition, we'll name them the offensive coordinator. You know, now maybe they don't want to do that because they have to pay them a certain amount and they have to keep it coy, and I get all that. But I feel like it would have been less of a distraction if they just, or if if we just knew months ago that Matt Patricia was probably going to call the plays and that was that. And now they just work on Matt Patricia being the offensive coordinator. He's the guy that's going to work with Mac Jones. And then everybody knows what's up. And they're not continuing to ask Bill Belichick about it. And he's not so- talking about the process and all these things. And but it would is. be what it is. And it's but just- he is. It's, it's, it, no matter what happened, he's still talking about that it's a process, right? That he's still saying we're, still, we're, we're working these things out. It's, it's a process. So, in essence, there is a competition going on. There is a competition. And, right. And if you announce it... It just makes for more noise, more distraction. You know, if you're if you're an offensive player, let's say you're one of these receivers, and you may not be happy the way that Judge is calling plays for specific, you know, specific formations versus other ones. You know, you just say, you know, hey, look, everybody, you, you almost if you're Belichick, you almost want to say, you don't know who's calling this particular play, and I've got to kind of not show my hand in that regard because let's just say the person who wins the contest and you know it's an open contest and you know this is specifically the person calling those plays well then if your other teams you're like okay we're preparing for Matt Patricia called game and this is what he likes to do so you have to kind of keep some things behind the curtain even though what's behind the curtain isn't exactly a door prize look the things that you keep behind the curtain are things I think that you know if we keep it there, it's not going to get out for the most part. You know, things that you can suppress that the media doesn't need to know about or things that could really become a distraction that nobody really needs to know about. I think this was so obvious in what's happening. and We're all watching it play out. To act the way you're acting is basically calling all of us idiots. Like It's just not worth the fight. We all can see what's happening here. 
We know what's going on. We're going to come to our own conclusions, and we're going to talk about it. So I think when you know that everybody else knows what's going on, just come out and say it. Like I think you're doing more harm than good by trying to keep such uh, by trying to keep that so close to the vest because everybody knows what's going on. It's not some secret. We know. KJ and Don Darrow on WEEI 617-779-7937. So if there is a drama that is developing and and more questions are going to be asked, here's the answer to Belichick on why Kendrick Bourne didn't play Friday night. On Kendrick Bourne, uh, why why didn't he suit up tonight? Uh, He wasn't available. He wasn't available, but he was available during the joint practices. As you remember, he got kicked out of one of them because of his involvement. And now it seems to stretch out, and now there's talk that maybe, do you move? Does Kendrick Bourne want to be moved? Is there some type of disconnect going on? We'll get into the uh, the, uh, the Taekwon Thornton situation and how that plays. But here's what's interesting, Mark. I thought that going into the season that Kendrick Bourne is the best receiver in that in that in that wide receiver room. I, uh, why would he not still be that? And if he isn't. Why is that not being addressed, and why is he not participating? What I, do you think is going on? I, don't, I have no idea what's going on. But I do know that at this point, if Kendrick Bourne um, is rumored to be on the trading block or something like that, or you're not going to bring him in, you better be damn sure that he's not going to be able to help this team and that he is not one of your best receivers. Because with where the Patriots are right now, you can't afford to let anybody go that could have any type of positive impact on the passing game. So he was like your best receiver last year, arguably. And he, he popped a little bit and surprised a few people and was good with Mac Jones specifically. Right. I better, you know, you better be sure that there's a problem associated with his game or with his attitude or some good reason that you're going to get rid of him or else why are you getting rid of a guy that was your most productive asset in terms of being a wide receiver last year? Because you need that production this year. And you don't know what you're going to get. And history tells us, you know, in your second year, Nelson Aguilar, Jonu Smith, you don't play well. You don't just come around in your second year in New England. You either get it from the jump and you're a good player, Amendola, Deion Branch, some of those guys, or you're a bust and you stay a bust. Well, here's the thing. Maybe Belichick's hand is forced because of the money given to Aguilar, right? Like, you have to give Aguilar all these reps despite what he didn't do last year. Because Aguilar, I think, across the league is like top five in terms of cap hits for receivers for a team. He's up there with like DeAndre Hopkins and Cooper Cup. He's in that breath when it terms of how much money do you take up from your team's from your team's cap. So you have to give Aguilar every opportunity to shine. And that's gonna be the at the expense of someone else because if no one was really talking about Aguilar in the, you know, the 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 three receivers, everything was born, Myers, and you want to see what Thornton could do. Um, could Aguilar be in that mix? Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker just being acquired. So Aguilar's name wasn't in there, but Aguilar's number is just spray painted all over everything they do. So you can't just have this guy that you've overspent for just sitting there and is not desirable as trade bait. So Either one way, like, hey, Kendrick Bourne is set and is good, and you need to see Aguilar to determine if someone wants him so bad that they make a move for him and get him off the books, or that Kendrick Bourne might just be a casualty because Aguilar has to be put out there. And I don't know what that would do for the continuity of the team. Now, Aguilar catching that deep ball in preseason was great, but I think we've seen Aguilar look good in preseason before, and that hasn't necessarily translated, so I'm not going to get super excited about that. 
So, you know, you, you look at these other people that have performed well, you know, uh, uh, yeah, what is it, Lil, Lil Jordan, right? Like, Lil you Jordan know, like, Humphrey. Yeah. You're a Lil Jordan Humphrey. So you're like, where? how do you make room for these guys who seem hungry, you're young, it's an adjustable period, but yet at the same time, you know you have to give this high-priced guy those spins. This might be why Kendrick Bourne seems to be on the out. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a story. That's the thing. If they cut him or if they get rid of him because he was your best guy last year. Now... I'll leave the door open once again for another guy to step in. But how am I supposed to have confidence in Nelson Aguilar based on what I saw last year? Even after that catch, it was a nice catch, nice play, whatever. I didn't think he had all that much separation. It was a perfect throw. He made a good catch. End of discussion. That's where like a second and third defense comes in, right? Like if you're talking about your back four, you're talking about your, uh, your defensive backs, and you're like a third stringer, and you're Aguilar going out there, you're a first receiver going out a third string cornerback who's probably not going to maybe at best be a special teamer, that doesn't impress me. Right now, you're talking front seven, you still have to defend, you still have to protect, and so forth. I, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not sold on you know Aguilar's back. I think he's going to be a breakout. I, I don't see it. Because there, there's nothing that's... There's no, there's no, no reason more. to say that. There's no right, reason there's, to think that. Maybe it'll happen. And that'd be great if it did, but there is no reason to go into the season with confidence that that is going to happen. Um, you know, there is one X factor, a small yeah. X factor at play here um, that we don't know about. We're not going to know about until the regular season starts. But they are changing the offense, and I think yeah. that's in association with Josh McDaniels being gone. If all of a sudden young receivers start making plays, you know, I'm going to attribute that in part to McDaniels and him being gone. So, you know, I, again... I'm leaving. It's preseason. We don't know. I just don't think once the regular season starts and we see what they're trying to do and we get we have an actual performance on tape in a regular season game when it matters. I don't think it's going to be easy or quick to change. You know what I mean? Like, I think if we see what we see in Miami, that's the team that they're going to be. And to change or morph out of that is going to take time. It's going to be a grind. So you better morph now. And I just, if you get rid of Bourne, I mean, he was productive for you last year. Right. You better find some production. And who's that going to be? Is that going to be Lil Jordan? I'm not falling in love with his production in preseason. You know, it's been good. I like what I see, but it's preseason. He's, you know, way down on the depth chart. Is it going to be Tyquan Thornton, who, as nice as he's looked, what he's happened? He's out for six to eight weeks. We, the, the, your biggest fear associated with skinny Tyquan Thornton came to fruition. He got one hard hit. He, a guy fell on him, and now he's out six to eight weeks. Like his and, shoulder. And, like and that's this is, part of being skinny in the NFL. Those things but, happen. But this is where I go back to saying, look, if you have Mac Jones, a second-year quarterback, trying to achieve greatness, you need to bring in some type of greatness in that receiving core, the veteran that may not be the 1A guy anymore. Maybe he's kind of towards that, that number two slot, whatever team he's with. You bring him in, and you work that room, and you know that this person can give you durability can give you dependency, can give you catches, because you know, while it's great to get a guy in the second round and say, hey, this guy can be exciting, these things, look, look, you're injured before you even play your first professional game. So what does that ten, what does that potentially say about your body type for the game? Is your body type really ready for this game? You know, so and and that's a concern because now who you know who Mac Jones is supposed to grow with? That's supposed to be his growing partner. Is it going to be there for six to eight weeks? So now now this really means you're really going to have to lean on the running game, and that's what every defense wants to prepare for. So this is what I go back to saying: like you know, why did you not go out and get 
a veteran established receiver, why not make a move for an AJ Green or someone like that? You know, why not why not make that type of move to say, all right, Mac, here's a person who's done it, who 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 can help you get better, who can help this room get better. These we can get rid of receivers that just aren't going to cut it. And hopefully you have something that moves forward because now think about it. Hunter Henry is probably one of your in terms of like playing fantasy, like you want it because there's, he's just going to be so honed in on. I'm I'm really concerned now that Tyquan Thornton is out of there. Who is the future that's happening now for the receiving core? Well, this is what would concern me if they're if they need to cut a receiver just based on numbers, and they're going to trade or get rid of Kendrick Bourne. I don't know how they get rid of Bourne now, but, but they have no. I get you if if uh, Thornton's out for an extended period of time, but if you're looking to get rid of Bourne just because he has a more tradable contract, you know that would concern me because the, you have a bad contract with Nelson Aguilar. You have no idea what he's going to offer in terms of production this year. But you're going to trade Bourne, a guy that did produce last year. Now he hasn't had a good camp. He hasn't played through two preseason games. Not ideal. Right. That's a really bad sign, you know. Because again. Going back to this team needs reps. This team needs to get it up and running as quickly as possible. To have your best receiver from last year not having played through two preseason games when there's only three, right. that's a really bad sign, especially when he's, for the most part, healthy. Well, so like, what think, the hell are you doing? Well, I think what makes this third game even worse is because that offense that you're trying to change it more from, the head coach is the is you're going up against that old the person who's the head head coach who used to run that offense. So like there won't be any surprises. You don't think that that the the Raiders are going to be well prepared for what adjustments that the Patriots are going to try and make this week during practice. While I don't think it'll be as physical and as you know as intense as it was. Well, maybe it might be. You just never know what Josh McDaniels has up his sleeve. But I, I do worry about like how much real growth. Will this Patriots offense have this week when they're literally standing in the mirror and the master of who created what they do? Like, I, like what? Like there'll be no surprises. Like they may look worse, not because they're not executing better, but because their the, their opponent is better prepared. Let's go to Stephen Fall River on what he thinks the Patriots uh, season will go. Thanks for calling KJ and Dondero. You're on WEEI. I heard. I have to, re- somebody said, and I, I don't want to misquote people because I know I hate that. Did you say you're going to have to see growth in the next week, the next two weeks? Is that the, it's, did someone say that? Yeah, I said that. We both pretty much said that. Yeah, you have to no. see it. Yeah. I want to I no. see them play well. Come like, on. I want to see them produce offensively. That's what I want to yeah, see. Yeah, well, like, I've been hearing Matt Jones has got to have this big, all right, Matt Jones has got to have this big uptick in year two. Tom Brady had year two in 2002. Don't tell me he led the league in, in freaking touchdowns at 28. Okay. When a third that of that was a different era of yeah, NFL football, Steve. That, 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 that was 20 years, years ago. ago. Yeah, that's when you pass for 2,000 yards, and that's a successful right. season. This is not yeah. that NFL anymore. Right. Well, guess what? A third of those touchdowns were against one team in the division, and he went five games. Yeah, and who's the Corey Dillon in that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, who's the Corey Dillon in that story, right? Like, right, who's the Corey? There's no Corey Dillon in this story if you're trying to go back to the early Tom Brady, right? So you just can't take one piece. It's like taking one Bible oh, verse and slapping somebody Super with Bowl it. The year before. No, the bottom line is they won the Super Bowl the year before, and you would have expected he took off. He had a backwards year. And I have people say, wait a minute, he would let the league touch him. No, he had a backwards year. That was a year, shared year. He, you you act like Brady was quarterback no, from no. day one to day two. No, it was a shared year with Bledsoe. All right, what, I, what do you yeah. think they're going to do this year, What do you think? Right. 
Drew Bledsoe had a very good rookie year. He took a step back. Steve, this year, this, this Again, year. That was a different era of you, football. You, you have to expect. Comp you USA is expect. no longer open. We you need to talk gig squad stuff, man. No, what? this is where you people are wrong with instant gratification. This is the process didn't. There's become, 17 weeks uh, in a season. Like, it's, it's not like 162 baseball games. Did not. Well, you're you're gonna realize I'm right uh, next year and the year after. The process. I have to wait that long. <laughs> this is you will be seasons. able to see in the first in, four weeks if this team can get out of molasses season. or if they're stuck Look, in it. It's just the we're truth. We're not going up the ladder just because we think we made it to the playoffs. We're going to make it now and win a game. Next year, we're going to win two games. The following year, it doesn't work. Is this work team going to win nine games? Will this, does, win nine, was this, no, will this team win nine games? No, there's a chance to win. Okay. Hard to believe. So, why believe. Would, so you don't think you don't need to start seeing progress now if you don't think this team is going to win nine games? Like, what, are you, you going to wait until the end of the season? Now. It has they to happen seven now. Games in a, they won seven games in a row last year, which might be the pinnacle of the next three seasons. That might be the highlight of the next three seasons was that lousy seven-game winning streak with, with junk on both sides. Okay, but hold, hold on, Steve. Be, you have to be ready for that. Okay, but the thing is, Steve, forget about wins and losses for a second. We're talking about the development of the quarterback. Okay, so if you look at some of the good quarterbacks now, today in the NFL, they didn't really drop off. Even, even a guy like Josh Allen, did he drop off? It took him a little longer to get to where he is and be an MVP candidate, yes, but he didn't have was. a drop-off. Right. Joe Burrow was better in his second year. Now. Justin Herbert was better in his second year. Mahomes threw 50 touchdowns in his second year. Lamar Jackson, you could say, dropped off, but we don't know what he is. Like I don't yes, know. I don't think did. he can throw it no, very well. Nobody knows. No one knows who anybody is for several seasons, I might add. No, I, we knew what Mahomes was uh, no, after year no. two. We knew what Burrow is after year two. He went to the Super Bowl. Okay, if Jones is what we hope he will be, he is going to have a monster year. If he yeah. doesn't, Mac Jones played in the Mac Jones played in that Buffalo game, and you know what? I watched them get annihilated, but I saw goodness in Mac Jones. He's came to play. He's not the reason they got blown out. He came to play. If everybody else came to play like Mac Jones, yeah, but they were playing catch up that whole game, right? right? So you couldn't get a proper evaluation on Mac Jones. When the game was still in the balance, and when the game was still a game, some knucklehead dropped a long pass that could have resulted in a touchdown drive. Yeah, but Buffalo never punted in that game. That game was never really in the balance, unless you're talking to the first quarter. Yeah, thanks for the call. Yes, we, we, that's true. Like, the game got out of hand so fast, we never nice. really got to see what the Patriots 80 per- 80% of that game was already over. That's right. And they obviously had to throw it at that point, and things went off the rails. So we never really got to see, truly, what they were going to do, what the Patriots had in store, how they were going to attack the Bills that night, and how they were going to, or if they were going to feature Mac Jones. So that's tough. Look, 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 here's the thing. The only story with the Patriots right now is the growth of Mac Jones. That's the only story, right? We know the defense is going to be what it's going to be. It's going to be coached well. It's going to be solid. Is it going to be top two, top three? No. Top ten? Yes. Why Why would I think it would have that big of a fall off? You can't see that happening. But in terms of the growth of the quarterback, this is where the league is. If your quarterback is not progressing, then you have a regression stalemate if you look at someone like a Teddy Bridgewater, a Sam Darnold, these are guys where it showed promise and then they they just froze. Just froze. 
And that's what you don't want to see for Mac Jones. So the so the it has to start happening now. There's really no waiting. You can't wait for three years from now because you don't know what the league will be. You don't know how bad the team potentially could be in three years. Yet there is something that I did like from the other night that was a positive a feeling that came over me that I want to get to. So we got to do oh, that. So let's do that next. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. KJ and Don Darrow still to come. We'll talk about Brady's disappearing act. Watson's decision this week. Aqib Tlaib's name came up. Hang out. we still got another hour to go here on KJ and Don Darrow on WEEI. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yeah, turn that up, Ethan. Yeah, before there was Rihanna, kids, there was Rihanna. It's KJ and Dondero, WEEI, the fastest sports talk show in America. We're talking Patriots. Mark, I've been kind of hopeful on the Patriots. Is there some hope that you saw out of Friday night? There is. I have been encouraged overall this preseason with their defense. Okay, that was my primary concern uh, coming into the season. And I think that based on how they've performed in practice during the joint practices and in the preseason games, they've at least alleviated some of my concern. Okay, so I think that they have trended in the right direction. I like, obviously, what they have on the back end in their secondary with their safeties. I have become more and more optimistic about their tandem at corner. Jalen Mills, okay, and Jonathan Jones. Jones played a lot inside um, in prior years, but he's moved outside. I think he's looked okay. I think he's looked good, and I'm interested to see how he um, assimilates to that spot, and I have some optimism associated with that. So the defensive backs and, the and the, honestly, the defensive line yeah. has given me some hope. Now, preseason, you don't know who they're going up against, but I do think there's a chance that they could create some pressure um, and they could help if you do think that they still lack some playmakers at linebacker, like middle linebacker, inside linebacker, I do think there's a chance that what they have in the secondary and what they have along the line could help mask that. So I am higher on the defense than I have been and than I was early on in the preseason and back in the spring. And you do that despite that the Panthers played their third string and fourth string quarterback. They played a lot of their second. You didn't see Christian McCaffrey. You didn't see Sam Darnold. You didn't see Baker Mayfield. You didn't see their top receivers. Uh, no, uh, Chris Godwin, I think it is, and um, no, Curtis. Godwin's on the Bucks. Uh, no, uh, Chris, uh, I, for, I forgot his name. Curtis Samuel. Listen, and um, uh, Robbie Anderson. Because yeah. because they have made plays. 
Okay, I understand that they're not playing against high-level competition, but they've really made plays, and they've kind of dominated. The other night, they basically dominated that game. What do you want them to do when they're not playing their top guys? The Sack only thing you can do. Four and out, three and out every time. Yeah, you, you have to dominate, and they've dominated. They've made plays. Again, I'm not prognosticating this epic defense in this unbelievable historic year. I'm just saying, based on where I was and having seen some guys flash, you know, I feel okay. Now, that could come back to earth real quick if they go out there and throw up a stinker against uh, Miami. And let's be honest, they weren't that good against the Giants. I'm just saying, based on guys flashing and seeing a little bit of production, I feel a little better than what I felt early on in the preseason. A little bit. So that's positive. All right, let's get in on more of this conversation with the Patriots and what you saw Friday, what it looks like moving forward. We'll talk with about the defense more. We'll hear from uh, Matthew Judon, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. The second hour of KJ and Dondero next here on WEEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 